Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. He rises again to bring resurrection. Jesus, his love manifests. See, the world doesn't understand that. Jesus died for the world. Remember what Jesus said? He came to his own, but his own received him not. Well, who is his own? Well, certainly the nation of Israel. But really, who is his own? Everyone. Jesus died for everyone outside of here. And yet, we simply reject him. Has there been a greater rejection of a good thing than mankind's rejection of Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge listeners to see all that God has done for them. He is more than just someone overseeing our playtime here on earth. He is the reason we're even alive today. It's easy to get distracted by the flow of life and forget our true purpose for even existing. We must remember God's goodness, which has been shown throughout history and paved the way for us to serve him with our lives. Have you accepted or rejected Jesus as your Lord? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, God's Kindness to Man. What more could I have done for my vineyard than I've done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, protection. It will be destroyed. I'll break down its wall, protection again. In other words, a wall kept the enemy out. What's this a picture of? Israel, because they disobeyed God, didn't honor God, Israel would go into captivity. The northern nation of Israel would basically never, ever be again. The southern nation would go into captivity 70 years and then come back. And God says, because you didn't do what I asked you to do, I can't use you. You gave me bad fruit. Notice verse 6, I will make it a wasteland neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. So you went, when you went to Jerusalem, after they went into captivity in Babylon and Assyria, Jerusalem was thorns. It was gone. All the work, all those years, the beautiful things, the fruit and things that came out of Israel was nothing. So it was a picture not only of practical kind of things, but it was a picture spiritually what was happening. So what the prophet Isaiah, who is a prophet here, says, he's saying, I'm going, God's going to come and pretty soon the northern kingdom is going to go into Syria, the southern kingdom is going to Babylon, and Israel as a nation will never be powerful like it was before. Why? Because they didn't fulfill what God wanted. What does he want? He wants the world to know who he is and how good a God he is. Now turn with me quickly to Matthew chapter 21. And as I read this first verse, you tell me this morning if you think anything sounds familiar. 
Matthew 21 down to verse 33. Listen to another parable. This is Jesus speaking 700 years later. Jesus says this. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. Sound familiar? What was Jesus doing? He is alluding to Isaiah 5 that we just read. Now, notice who he's going to give this parable to. Jewish leaders. Jewish leaders that studied the Old Testament. Would they know the parable of Isaiah 5? Absolutely. So he's going to allude it, but he's not going to talk about the old days. He's going to say to the Jewish nation 700 years later and the Jewish leaders, God's a patient God. He's going to give you a chance to repent because you still do not produce good fruit. You're dead religion. You're ignoring me. And if you, in fact, he's going to say in the parable in a couple of days, you're going to kill me. And so he gives them a second chance. Why? Because God is patient. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Now, Jesus had been saying for many months that he was going to go and be killed by the religious leaders. Here he's telling them the same truth, but with a parable. Let's identify the characters so you'll keep track as we go through. In this parable we're talking about, the landowner is God. The one that owns the vineyard is God. The farmers that are in this particular parable are the Jewish religious leaders. The vineyard is the nation of Israel. The servants are the prophets, the Old Testament prophets. And there's two prophets that have just recently been in Israel when Jesus is there. One is John the Baptist, and Jesus is the prophet. So these are the prophets. And, of course, think about this. The son of the owner. Who could that be? In the parable, there's going to be the son. Who could the son of the owner be? Jesus Christ. He's the son of God. God's the owner. Vineyard is Israel. The farmers, are the tenants, are the Jewish religious leaders. They're supposed to produce fruit. The servants are the prophets. Old Testament, we already talked about that, but now the New Testament, which would be Jesus and John the Baptist. Now, first thing I want you to write today is this. God showed his goodness. God showed his goodness. Notice in the parable Jesus uses, he says, the landowner planted the vineyard, he put a wall around it, he dug wine press in it, he built a watchtower. So he did everything. God built a protecting wall, he pulled a watchtower there against thieves, and he says, when you produce fruit, I'm going to have everything for you there. So God gave these workers everything they needed to produce fruit. Now remember, we're a vineyard. God gave us everything we need to produce fruit, just like he did the nation of Israel. He didn't go, here's the land, see if you can do anything with it. No, he did everything. Very important you understand this. See, I'm a grandpa. I'm a young grandpa. (laughs) We raised our kids, certainly not perfectly, to understand the Bible. I told you last week, there's nothing more important than you know that your children love God. And they're going to heaven. So God doesn't put us on the earth and go, have a nice life. No, he's actively involved with us. You're going to see this. Now, as we go through, notice they have everything they need. Well, look at verse 34. When the harvest time approached, the parable, it's been about maybe a year, 
He sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. Well, the next thing you want to write is this. God expected fruit. God expected a good return. Now, do you think that expectation is fair? Let's, let's bring it back out of the spiritual application for a moment. You have a vineyard in Brevard County. You rent it out to some workers. You take care of the land. You get rid of the rocks. You do all that stuff. You, you fix it. You put the vines in. You do whatever. You train all the workers. You go away for a year. Come back. You know when it's going to be there. You come back. Would, would it be fair of you, if you're the owner of a vineyard, to expect some grapes? Hello? Is there any, anybody out there? Would it be fair? Would it be common sense? Sure. So when God says from you and I, well, I'm putting the Holy Spirit in you. I'm giving you the Bible. I'm giving you a mandate to go all the world and preach the gospel. He should expect a good return. It's a right thing. It's, he's not a hard God. It's just common sense. That's why the vineyard. Now, if you understand that, spiritually, Israel had been planted by God to produce a godly nation from which the Messiah would come. That spiritual fruit that God was looking for was obedience, was thanksgiving, was love, worship, and service. Well, look at verse 35 and 36. When he sent these prophets, which were Old Testament prophets, the tenants, the Jewish leaders, seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other prophets or servants to them. More than the first time, and the tenants treated them the same way. Next thing you want to write is this. Here we see a picture of God showing his patience and his tolerance. Over and over again, history in the Old Testament, you'll understand it, God sent Old Testament prophets to collect the the rent. But the Jewish leaders, the farmers, beat, stoned, or killed them. Now, is this historically accurate? Absolutely. Did the Jewish leaders 700 years after this know this was true? Absolutely. Notice the passage, 2 Chronicles 36. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, repeatedly sent his prophets, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah. He repeatedly sent his prophets to warn them. For he had compassion on his people in the temple. He was warning Israel. He was saying to Israel, Israel, you're not doing what I ask you to do. Israel, you're worshiping pagan gods. So he would send a prophet like Isaiah or Jeremiah to go, whoa, whoa, time out. Come and worship me. Go on. But the people mocked these words and messengers of God and despised their words. That's the history. The whole Old Testament basically is God being patient and kind to the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel doing this. Forget it. We don't care about you. I mean, they would have never even existed except for the grace of God. Here's a perfect example of 2 Chronicles 24. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah. And King Joash ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. So this is an accurate description of what was taking place. We know from Jewish history that many prophets in the Old Testament were killed. Like Isaiah, like Jeremiah, like Zechariah. Well, in the New Testament, the mistreatment 
would it continue? John the Baptist, 700 years later, what happens to him? He gets beheaded. Why? Much, largely because of the Jewish people. And days from now, would there be another prophet that the Jewish leaders would kill? His name would be Jesus. So the same history is repeating itself. And Jesus is trying to say, God's patient, but careful, careful. It's going to end. We'll look at verse 37. Last of all, in this parable, the owner sent his son to them. And the owner said this, they will respect my son. Now, what owner who would have a vineyard? And he sent all his managers to the vineyard. And as he sent them over the years to the vineyard, they all got killed. What kind of an owner would send his son to the vineyard? You know what kind of an owner? An owner that loved the people in the vineyard. He loved them whenever that's they love. And in fact, this parable says he sent his son. That should remind you of the greatest proof of God's love for you and I this morning. You know the verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Well, when he sent his son to them, what's going to happen? You already know the story. Think about this before we read these verses. Vieira, Internet, Melbourne, listen, watch this. Jesus is telling the story to real people in real time. In a couple days, the son who has been sent to Israel is going to be murdered. Jesus knew the past, he knew the present, and he knew the future. See, that's God. He knows our past, he knows where you're at today, and he knows your future. He knows how many times we ignore him, all of us. We say we're going to do this, we don't do it. And yet he still loves us. That's because God is kind, tolerant, and patient. Well, look at the next two verses. Can you imagine saying in a parable to somebody, putting yourself in the parable and saying, in two days I'm going to die? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. Notice what he says in verse 38 and 39. But when the tenants, the Jewish leaders, saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. So notice, they knew who Jesus was. This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Amazingly, Jesus was predicting his own imminent death. In a matter of days, Jesus would die fulfilling this parable. Spurgeon about this said, if you reject Jesus, he answers you with tears. If you wound him, he bleeds out cleansing. If you kill him, he dies to redeem you. If you bury him, he rises again to bring resurrection. Jesus is love manifest. See, the world doesn't understand that. Jesus died for the world. Remember what Jesus said? He came to his own, but his own received him not. Well, who is his own? Well, certainly the nation of Israel. But really, who is his own? Everyone. Jesus died for everyone. 
outside of here. And yet we simply reject him. Now, look at verse 40. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? Now ask yourself, what, if you, well, here we go, Vieira, watch me, watch me. If you're the owner of a vineyard and you put these guys in for a year and you come at the end of the year and there's no fruit, what would you do to them? I mean, you wouldn't kill them. You'd do what? You're fired. And what would you then do if you still own the vineyard? You'd look for a new tenant who would come in to do what? Do something different, produce some grapes. Is that common sense? Hello, is that common sense? Okay, now you're going to see what God's going to do, and you're going to go, you sure? You sure that's really common sense? See, in the practical world, we would go, well, sure you would do that. I mean, if you just had a home, and you put a renter in it, and the renter doesn't pay you any rent for a year, and finally you can't get him to court, but the, the lease runs up at the end of the year, what would you do? Stay another year. Would there be anybody dumb enough to do that? No. You do what? You're out of here. And then you're going to look at the, what? You're going to look at the references of your new renter a little closer. Because you're looking for somebody to pay rent. Well, notice the question Jesus says to these, these spiritual leaders that are not spiritual. Now, what do you think the, the uh, owner of the vineyard will do when he comes to these tenants? Well, the fair thing to do is what you're going to see. Was to punish them and give the land to somebody else. Look at verse 41. This is their answer. Well, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end. Who are the wretches? Them. (laughs) They're giving their own judgment. It's like David. You remember David and Bathsheba? David committed adultery with Bathsheba, had her husband killed. He lived in it, never admitted it to anybody. One day Nathan came to him, a prophet, said to Nathan, Hey, let me tell you a story about a guy who has some little lambs or whatever, and the person came in, the only lamb he had, he, he killed the lamb. David, what should he do? Man, you should kill that guy. Nathan said, David, you're the man. You see, these guys say, well, the common sense thing to do would be get rid of them. The wretched people that have a nice owner and they don't produce anything, get rid of them. They're speaking about themselves but don't even understand it. And he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. What does this bring this to? A very important point. Write it down today. God will not be patient forever. You see, people want to hear about God's faithfulness and his kindness and his patience. But they don't want to hear about his justice and judgment. Now, you just told me here in Vera, you just told me it makes sense if the person doesn't pay rent, you get somebody else. You kick them out. But when it comes to spiritual things, well, we don't like that. In fact, somehow we think that the judgment of God is unfair. No, the judgment of God is fair and reasonable. In fact, listen, it's long overdue. God had been working thousands of years with the nation of Israel. They continued to fail. So he's finally just going to say to them, sorry. If you witness to people, talk about God, you'll hear somebody give you this question. And I want to clarify it very simply for you today. You'll hear somebody say this. Well, I don't believe in God. Why don't you believe in God? Well, if God was loving, you tell me why he would send anybody to hell. 
You'll hear people say that. What's your answer? Just write it down this morning. Vieira, Melbourne, CCM, CVMB, write this down. Here's the answer. I'll explain it to you. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Man chooses to reject God's offer of forgiveness. You see, when God offers salvation through Jesus Christ, if man refuses the offer, God didn't send anybody to hell. He just said, that's the consequence of your bad choice. If you're here this morning, and you might even say this, well, here we go, hell. (laughs) There's no hell. Really? Who told you that? There is a real hell. It's for people who reject the love of God. I heard a story once about a a church that had a pastor, and he, he talked quite frequently on hell. The church finally got rid of him. They brought another pastor in. He didn't talk as much, but he still talked about hell. Somebody asked the, the leader of the church, not the pastor on the elder board, well, why are you keeping the second one? I mean, if they both talked about hell, why are you keeping the second pastor? He said, well, the first pastor, when he talked about hell, he kind of like, he was angry with the people. He didn't care if they went there or not. But the second pastor who talks about hell, he talks about it and he cries about it because he cares And he doesn't want anybody to go there. See, God doesn't send anyone. It's because man doesn't know who God is and chooses wrongly. Spurgeon once said it like this, reapers of souls must first become weepers of souls. In this room, in Vieira, watching by the internet, as I said to you, there's life and death in this room. See, this isn't another church of his own, but sign up a thing, do that. Have a nice day, go to have my lunch. In this room, right now, is life and death. People are determining God's either real and his son's real or he's not. And you're going to see in a moment, our world is confused. Oh, I believe in God, but I'm not like into the Bible deal, and I'm definitely not into Jesus. He's just one of many ways. No, they misunderstand. That is the wrong answer, and that is the desperately wrong answer. So when we see this changing of the guard in Jerusalem, when we see Israel being changed, don't say it's unfair. It's actually long overdue. Israel will not repent. We'll look at verse 42. And Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone or the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. In the times we've been least deserving and in the times our world would least expect it, the Lord has showed up and demonstrated his love, patience, and goodness to his people. Today, Pastor Mark taught us of the many times and ways in which the Lord has yet to fail us. He also challenged us to consider how we're giving back to Him. How focused are you on bearing good fruit, especially considering the sacrifice He made for you? Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. God offers mercy and forgiveness now, but promises judgment later. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to consider that there is coming a day when our sin and decision of Christ will be evaluated. If you want to be saved, there's only one way. Despite the claims of many in this world who try to say otherwise, Jesus is the one and only way to heaven. So place your faith in him today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.